0: You are listening to the Create Your Vibrant Life podcast. This podcast is for you if you are ready to tap into your inner wisdom, unlock your personal success, and evolve your life and business. I am your host, Padma Ali, and I'm well known in the space of neuropsychology and energy healing. I help Evolved entrepreneurs and high performance leaders like you remove the invisible barriers that you cannot see that are keeping you stuck from transforming your life. As we journey together, you will quickly discover that the only way to create your vibrant life and reach new levels of success is to go within there's no better time to discover the gifts of your inner wisdom than right now so welcome to the create your vibrant life podcast welcome to another episode of the create your vibrant life podcast Today I have a very very special guest, Jason Mefford. Jason is I call Jason my soul brother. Jason is I've known Jason for years now. Like I think it's years, isn't it? Jason. It is
1: it is years, yeah.
0: Yeah, years and we have really journeyed together on so many different dimensions and planes.
1: Literally. <laughs> yes
0: yes and it's such a treat to have you here so jason tell us a little bit about yourself and we can dive in
1: well i i am grateful to be here because again i i i consider you to be a soul sister so hey soul sister you know that train song is going through my head right now so i'll have to sing that to you later (laughs) later my soul sister (laughs) um but you know it's it's um it's hard to describe me I don't I I, I'm I'm one of those kind of people that doesn't necessarily like to get put in a box so um I like you know professionally if you go out and look at me I would I I will tell people I'm an edutainer people like what the hell is that well I educate and entertain at the same time I'm a conciliary and like conciliary are you in the Mafia well, no, but I play that advisor role, right? There's a conciliary in the mafia who advises the, the, the boss. I play that role sometimes. I'm a media producer, right, as well. I mean, I produce podcasts, videos, all kinds of stuff as well. I'm a business owner, so I'm an entrepreneur as well. Um, but I kind of like to say I'm an international man of mystery,
0: <laughs> i love
1: that right um my
0: favorite movies by the way <laughs> <is that okay?
1: laughs> i am an international man of mystery and a pretty cool dude right because i i love the the big lebowski too so the dude uh you know sort of thing but um yeah like i said i mean obviously i i, I do that stuff but i i um i don't like to put myself in a box so i usually tell people you know funny funny stuff like that because um i mean i'm still trying to learn who i am and i don't think you know i don't want to get put in a box and i don't want to put other people in a box right so um which is kind of interesting right so i i tend to kind of divert a little bit and and sometimes i don't i love people i love serving people but I don't let a lot of people deep into me or know my history and who I actually am. I mean, I'm fine to share, you know, when when people have questions, but I kind of like a little bit of that mysteriousness, too.
0: Oh, I love that. <laughs> that is, it is, it really describes you to a T. And I hate that question, too, in many ways, because I'm like, I don't know, I, I could be anything. And I yeah. could be anything, so... I well, keep-
1: yeah, and we're so many things, right? I mean, it's 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 not like you know we're just one thing. We're all multidimensional beings, you know. Okay, yeah, you can you can kind of narrow it down and say, well, everybody on this planet is is a son or a daughter because we had to be born, right? Um, other than that, I mean, we're humans, or are we? <laughs> <laughs> um but other than that right I mean it's like there's so many other things that we could be or are um that yeah just to just to kind of say oh you know Jason is uh bah, 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 you know just even even like those four words that I used. that doesn't describe really the essence of who I am yes right and it, and it doesn't for Padma either, right? I mean, Padma is so much more than whatever label you people could put on you. And I think we forget that a lot of times, too. And, and we allow people to put ourselves in those boxes, and then we stay in those boxes.
0: That is so well said. It is. And identity is so fluid, and you can choose to be whatever you want to be. Mm-hmm.
1: Well and I think what's what's kind of nice now is we're starting to see you know and again I mean depending regardless of people's political beliefs or w- whatever else but I mean terms like gender fluidity mm-hmm. that wasn't in the mass a few years ago right and so that kind of goes along with it as it's like well again just because someone was born biologically male or biologically female they may not identify that way and and finally i think we're starting to to open up as a society more to allow people more freedom to be who they really feel like they are right and that's that's a big thing for me because i th- i think that 90 <laughs> 95 90, 99% of the people in this world are copycats trying (laughs) trying to be like someone else right because we you know maybe there are people that we that we you know hero worship is a a term that's kind of thrown out there but a lot of times we we try to be like someone else that we respect yeah and i get that you know in, in personal development we're trying to become better and so having role models is good But I think so much of the time people end up not being authentic, not being uniquely themselves because they're just copying what other people are doing instead of learning from those people and then making it uniquely themselves.
0: Right. Yeah. And if you take that back to even children, like when you're even how we box children up, based on what we think they need to be versus who they mm-hmm. truly are.
1: Children should be seen and not heard.
0: <laughs> um, we yeah. grew up in that generation. Right?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. So different right now. Mm-hmm. And even with so, such openness, I still find myself like having to watch when I'm boxing my kids or like asking them to be a certain way. And it's, uh, it's, it's work. I want more and more people to think and be this way, where right? it can be anything. Just show up.
1: Yeah, well, and I think I mean to you because I know you've got wonderful children. You're a wonderful mother. I know that. But it's 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 interesting because there are so many structures and beliefs and limitations that we put on ourselves about what it means to be a whatever fill in the blank, right and but you're aware of it right and so you're trying to to make the changes right and and that's what i love i mean people <clears throat> who especially have gone through abuse physical emotional sexual abuse and it's 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 gone through like for generations in their family right i mean this is just one of those things that just gets passed down i have so much respect for the people who choose not to pass it on and choose i mean they're not perfect but they're choosing to make it better for the next generation right and that only comes from the awareness of it and realizing you know like you said oh just a minute am i am i trying to put my kids in a box right now that i probably shouldn't should i just let them let them be and what is that right balance between Kind of the discipline and the the instruction and teaching but not the controlling side of it as well
0: yeah so what is the biggest structure you've broken
1: (laughs) um well one of the one of the biggest ones was um religiously okay so um i grew up in a um in a mormon family So, um, you know, there are obviously certain things that are expected of you. Um, and, and especially in that religion, there is, there's, there's certain tenets like families can be together forever, right? But you have to, you have to keep the commandments. You have to be sealed in the temple. You have to, you know, go through these different religious, uh, ceremonies in order for that to happen. You have to be a good boy, or a good girl in order to do that. And so there's a lot of, um, you know, people, it, it's very seductive, right? I've got to do this. I've got to go along because I want to see my whoever it is, right? And be with them forever. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, in my family, um, there's been a lot of death, okay? Okay and so you know my my um actually on my mom's side of the family i mean i have ancestors who were friends with joseph smith you know Mm -hmm. they were like part of the the origin of mormonism they moved out west with everybody else i mean it's like so so part of her family was very entrenched but there was always a part where they they were but they weren't but there there were certain things that happened um you know uh again people dying choices that my parents made to um entrench themselves more in the religion and so growing up i was you know i was the good boy i mean literally i'm an eagle scout i was you know i was that good kid good grades never you know wanted to do anything to let my parents down, you know, always tried to be a good kid and keep the commandments, be, you know, be squeaky clean, all that kind of good stuff. Right. Um, and then I had a brother die when I was a teenager. Right. And so, you know, I had some of that stuff too that was kind of pushing, pushing me more that way. But really the whole time I knew that parts that there were, there were some truths there but I knew I, but I knew everything wasn't true. Mm. And so trying to reconcile that while trying to be a good kid, you know, and, you know, didn't go to college where I wanted to go to college because I was worried that I might, I might go away from the church and then I wouldn't, Do my mission like i was supposed to do and so i went to byu instead the first year so i made sure i went on the mission like my parents wanted me to and i came home and i got married quickly and i had kids and i was you know doing all this stuff while at the same time realizing that i didn't believe everything Mm. right and and it finally i mean again my whole life was wrapped around this i mean there's there's certain churches that your life is really wrapped up in the church all your friends all your social activities i mean almost everything you do revolves somehow around that religion and it's not just them there's there's others that are that way or smaller communities and things like that where you know, but but I I didn't have the courage maybe until my mom died because I I didn't want to let her down,
0: <laughs>
1: mm. right? Of actually being honest with myself and kind of moving away and saying, you know what? Look, I I I don't believe right in all this stuff. And um, but it took her her death, me moving to California before I was kind of separated outside of of some of that. Um, But, you know, still had to walk away from a marriage, walk away from all the friends, start all over completely when I, when I chose to leave that. Now, what I did was I went to the extreme, right? As it was like, you know, here I was a good little, good little boy. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, if the church isn't true and I don't believe in Jesus the way that, you know, I'm being taught, then there's nothing. So I'm an atheist now. So I tried that for a few years, but that wasn't me either. Right. So, okay, maybe I'm agnostic. So I tried that for a little while. No. So, you know, again, you and I have known each other for years now and I'm a spiritual person. Right. But I, but I don't subscribe to dogma. I don't subscribe to religion but a lot of the things that are taught in different religions or in spiritual practices are real. They're true. Just not in the way that it's usually packaged and fed to people. Mm-hmm. So that, that, I mean, that was a, that was one of the huge structures.
0: Right? He, and was there a pivotal moment where you're like, I'm done with this. I know your mom passing, but like, was there any,
1: a, a pivotal, I mean, it was, um you know, I mean, like I said, as I, as I thought back on it, you know, I mean, I can go back to times when I was, examples I had when I was a teenager where there were things I was questioning, right, the whole time. But I just kept pushing it down, right, because one thing that religion often, you know, pulls in is, well, if, There's groups called uh, uh, apologetics in almost any religion. And they're called apologetics because it's their job to try to explain or apologize away some of the the logical arguments against certain things. And so usually it comes back to, well, Padma, you just have to have more faith. You just need to have more faith and trust that, you know, that was just what was supposed to happen. Right. And so again, I mean, there's in every religion, it's that way. Right. And so I kept, you know, kind of pushing it down. And um, I don't know if there was specifically any, One specific thing, but, you know, I grew up in Boise, which is white bread country. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, and and especially in the the group that I was in, it was very homogenous, very, very insulated in a bubble. And so when I started, well, actually, I mean, some of it was on my mission because I went to Germany on my mission for two years, knocking on doors as a Mormon, Uh, missionary but i started meeting people right yeah i was one of those guys in the white shirts and the bicycle i got pictures to show it and prove it prove to you (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was i was one of those people would you like a book of mormon you know for two years for two years i did that
0: wow that must have really i'm very curious to hear about how that shaped your experience because that's very bold in some ways right
1: well it is i mean selling religion is one of the hardest things to try to do i right?
0: know exactly but anything after that
1: <laughs> well really <laughs> um but what was interesting is because on, on a mission like that you are you're given rules right because again i mean here you have 19 and 20 year old boys mainly living away from their parents so they put a lot of very structured rules around you with like the the threat of damn hell and damnation if you break the rules kind of thing Um, so there we had to wake up at a certain time we had to study our scriptures for a certain amount of hours we you know had sales quotas effectively if you will of like how many doors we'd knock on or what you know things that we would do Our week was structured. We were working, you know, uh, effectively certain times. We had one day where we could kind of play and do our laundry during the week. But so it was very structured. Wow. You know, and again, I was, that's what I was used to anyway. So that it wasn't that big of a deal. But what I, what I did start finding out, right, is here I am in Germany and you know, beautiful place, you know, and again, I mean, I was in southern southern Germany. So most, most of the vacation pictures you see about Germany, I've been there, right? Austria. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started meeting people with different backgrounds, right? So I started meeting people who didn't have the same background that I did. And I started realizing, you know, how good a lot of these people were. And that just because they weren't Mormons didn't make them a bad person. I didn't think they were going to go to hell. They were good people. Um, so I, I started probably having some of that when, when I was, you know, 19, 20, 21, when I was out there doing my mission. But, you know, then when I came back, um, you know, again, got married, still pretty much in that homogenous bubble. But in my career, I would start traveling more. And so I've.
0: I've what were you doing back then?
1: i was uh in charge of audit risk management ethics compliance information security for corporations so really sexy glamorous stuff (laughs) but it allowed me the opportunity right to travel literally all over the world i've been to like 35 to 40 countries and you know and and started experiencing you know That from a professional career and then moving from Boise to Los Angeles and, you know, going through um, a master's program down here, again, with people from all over the world, my travel from all over the world and just started realizing that there was a lot about this world and a lot about life and a lot about people that I was never told. and i've always been a person who loves to learn i'm curious right and um and so it just you know it it continued to go to where it's like it just kind of reinforced a lot of the you know how silly does this sound 14 or 15 million people in the world are saved and everybody else is not are you kidding me what's what's wrong with the other 7.9 billion people (laughs) right and there were just little things like that like i said that they just kind of compounded on and i just started to feel like i was fake right and i just couldn't do it anymore i couldn't i couldn't bring myself to go to church anymore but i had to go to church right because we went to church as a family so we'd go to church and I'd sit through one of the meetings as a family and then they would go off to their classes and I'd go sit in the car for two hours. And then I couldn't do that anymore. (laughs) Right. Because uh, again, as I, as I tried to, or was learning more about myself, right. I just, I mean, you know, there's people that have been listening. You, everybody's experienced this, right. Where it just feels like you're faking it. Mm and and you just start to feel horrible like a sick, sick feeling in your stomach and that's what i was getting right i just knew that i that i couldn't i couldn't do it anymore but it took a lot of courage to to stand up and actually say that because (laughs) because here's the funny funny story right funny story of what people choose to to attach to because one thing Mormons are are known for is um is you know, being clean people no smoking no drinking no you know all that kind of good stuff right and so i remember when when i chose to leave the church and it was still i mean my my immediate family my wife my immediate family you know that i grew up with what was funny is they they made it out to be like oh well jason just wants to drink and that's why he's no longer gonna go to church it's like are you fucking kidding me no it's because i don't believe in god and jesus is my savior the, the way you're teaching it right and and this 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 self-righteousness of we're the only people in the world with the truth and everybody else is going to hell it has nothing to do with, with drinking or, or having coffee. <laughs> it's like, but if that's what you think it is, okay, right? But it's like, no, it was a little bit more foundational than I wanted to sin, you know, sort of a thing, because there really is no sin yeah, uh, in that way.
0: Yeah. And knowing who you are today, I mean, obviously, it's like it's still an evolving journey, but like knowing you after you've kind of walked through that door, that I can just see how much courage and how much internal work it took to get to where you are. Because I'm seeing you on the other side of it. And that the journey sounds like you walked on fire for a long time.
1: Well, I did. And it's, and it's you, you know, again, and like I said, at, at, at first when I left, I kind of thought, you know, throw everything out. Throw the baby out with the bathwater, but now, especially as I as I've grown and you've seen me, it's like um, no. A lot of the things that I was taught, a lot of the things that I knew, were puzzle pieces that didn't fit together at the time. But now that I've learned other things, I've had other experiences. Some of those puzzle pieces that I learned growing up in that in that religion have helped me to put together other things later on in my life right Mm -hmm. and so but for a long time I I haven't I haven't shared with people that that's my story this is probably only literally like the second or third time Mm -hmm. that I've kind of shared that whole thing of me being a Mormon and now not being a Mormon because usually I I was embarrassed about it right like I can't believe, you know, everybody's going to think I'm a real idiot, you know, because a lot of people think of Mormons like they think of Scientology. Right. And they're, they're, they're two. I, I know a lot about both of them. They're totally different. <laughs> but from the outside perspective, I can understand why people would kind of lump them together. Yeah. Right. Um, But like you said, it was, it, it did take, and I, and I probably haven't given myself enough credit for it because i i when you leave something like that you are completely completely giving up everything in your life when your family when you're social when you know sometimes your economic you know livelihood all revolves around people who are in in a same or common group mm-hmm and you decide to leave that group, you are completely alone at that point. And you're starting over, right? So it did. Um, and again, luckily, I mean, it's, it's, you know, my siblings, my dad, you know, they didn't disown me and not talk to me, but my kids have, my ex-wife did, right? I mean, so I did give up, but I gained so much more right but it but it did it took me a little while to have the courage to actually do it and i know lots of people out there listening same thing i mean there's probably certain things in everybody's life that they're tired of they want to give up or you know they want to move on from but they're afraid to do that
0: and they don't know how and you sharing the story shows that anything you can do anything
1: You yeah we all awesome. we all can do anything we all can do anything there's that there, you can always find someone who has done whatever it is that you want to do. There's always an example out there if you just look for it
0: yeah, was that one of the hardest things you've done
1: I think so <laughs> i mean but but even you know looking back at it now, it doesn't really seem that hard. Yeah. But I know it was because it took me literally years right to to have the courage to do it, and even like that, you know with uh you know first marriage that ended in divorce, I knew probably at least three or four years before we actually got divorced, maybe even five to seven
0: years wow
1: that i probably should walk away but i didn't and that's because you know sometimes it just does take us time to Mm -hmm. to either have the courage to do it or to allow things to get bad enough that we can't take it anymore
0: yeah yeah and those moments are so profound because it's like you you now can see your own power of what you can accomplish Mm -hmm. yeah but i think a lot of times it takes us
1: it takes us doing hard things and confronting our fears and pushing through our fears for us to truly understand that right right and so like as an example i um I grew up in Boise so it's not like there's a bunch of water there we weren't rich we didn't have a pool so I never I never learned how to swim and I've always not been a very good swimmer um you know I did I, I did the basic to get my boy scout swimming certificate stuff passed off but you know um so I've always been afraid of in fact you know I've I've been afraid of drowning Uh, a lot of my life. So I don't know if that's a past life thing or not, but I did have an experience where when I was a scout, we were up in the mountains, salmon river, we were, you know, canoeing whitewater canoeing on it. And we wanted to get across to the other side where there was this like natural hot springs that we wanted to go sit in. And so everybody else in the scout troop just jumped in and started swimming to go to the other side. And here I am. I'm like, Shit! I'm not getting left behind. I jumped in too. I started swimming. Everything was going great. Then the waves start coming. It's like oh, I turn over on my back, right, to to try to go that way because I'm like, but I I'm not doing well. And I get to the other side. Actually, I was out. I was out in the middle. And there's the the old thing of you go down twice. Third time, you don't come back up. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's kind of like. I went down twice in the middle of the river and that really freaked me out. Obviously. I mean, heart was racing, everything else, adrenaline starts kicking in. Somehow I make it to the other side and I get there and I feel like, yeah, you know, you you should feel like you can relax at that point, pull yourself out on the beach. No, I ended up on a, a literally like a sheer rock wall that was full of like moss and and algae or whatever. So I was here I was trying to to scramble to hold on to something, but I couldn't hold on to anything because it was slippery and I was just sliding along the rocks on the other side too, right? So so I did have a very yeah. <laughs> traumatic experience in my life as well with with drowning, which didn't help my fear of drowning, did it? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um so if you fast forward many years right i i I was in saudi arabia doing some work and one of my friends superstar scuba diver i mean this guy's like rated to do solo scuba which is unheard of and so he's like you know this is some of the best scuba in the world you're here over the weekend please let me take you out i will You will be completely safe. I will do everything, right? I've done this many times before. All you have to do is just breathe and I will, you know, do everything. But I want you to experience this. So, again, I'm I'm a little, you know, sort of thing because obviously I have these fears, right? But I trusted him. He was my friend. I knew that he had done it a lot of times before. And so I'm like, okay, we'll do it not a strong swimmer. (laughs) I knew that, but I knew he would take care of me. And so we get all duded up, you know, and you got the big flippers on, so you can't walk and very easily. And they're kind of plasticky and slippery. And so we go in, we start to go in and there was this area off to the side where there were kind of like these large rocks. So you kind of like walk down on the rocks to then be able to hop in Into the scuba and so we start walking down and and of course it's it's the red sea it's not a lake so there's still waves and stuff because it's a large body of water and so there were little waves that were kind of coming in and crashing in this little holding area where the rocks were not a big deal right not not like huge tsunami waves or anything but i was a little nervous but again I was trying to calm myself down and not freak out and and so I started walking on the rocks on these flippers that were slippery and I started kind of slipping because there was again the moss and algae wow up, on the rocks until I told this story this time I didn't put the two of those together but wow so I start slipping and I start falling and the waves are kind of crashing on me and I'm having a hard time standing up and I keep getting knocked down. And all of a sudden my anxiety just starts going through the roof and I start having a panic attack. And so there were, there were two of us that were going with my friend. And so he had started, or he was, he was taking me in and all of a sudden I started doing that. He he looks back at me and he's like, you're not doing very well right now are you i'm like uh no he's like don't worry we'll just get out you go sit down over here for a few minutes and i'll take the other guy out and i'll I'll come back and get you in a few minutes just just breathe and relax right so so here i was you know again kind of panic attacky and everything else at the at this point but again i trusted my friend i sat there i tried to do some breathing exercises other stuff to calm myself down and so when he came back I'm still scared right but he's like instead of going in on that side let's go in over on this other side where it's a little bit different and so there were there were two parts kind of off the dock area and so we went to the other one no rocks it was just kind of like slide in it was much mellower and and he took me down right and again he was like you know you just breathe I'm gonna I'm gonna look at you every so often you just breathe and you know slow down and when i look at you right give me a thumbs up i'm going to i'm going to do a thumbs up for you every so often right and um so we did that i don't know how long i was down there for but it was amazing amazing right i mean we went down he kept giving me the thumbs up in fact that that picture up there on my wall over there oh, that's yeah. me that's me in my scuba gear Maybe the only time I ever scuba in my life, I don't know, but we went down. I don't know how long we were down for, but it was amazing. The coral and the fish and everything else. And when we, when we came out, I just remember that as being one of the most, like, energy rushing moments of my life, right? I... I thought I was going to die at first, my fear of drowning and everything else. But when I, when I actually did it, when I got in, when I did it, when I pushed through the fear and I came out, that elation, electricity just running through my body, right? And I've had a few experiences like that in my life, but those are, those are the kinds of experiences that you don't have every day and that you vividly remember, Right. And so that was another experience where, I mean, a little different, but not so different at the same time. Right. Of when we finally have the courage and we push through the fear, what comes out on the other side is so much better than whatever we've got in our mind of what's going to go wrong or what's holding us back. Right. And
0: and also the surrender piece.
1: The surrendering, yeah, because there, there's there's that point that has to come into it, right? Yeah. That you do just have to surrender. Trust my friend, you know, that, that he knows what was going on and that everything's going to be okay, right? And it's really that way anywhere else, right? Yeah. yeah. That we have to surrender and just trust that, you know, the beings or the people who are helping us, They've been there. They've done it. Don't worry. I got you. I'm going to give you a thumbs up every so often to make sure you're not freaking out (laughs) Padman. but you know that there's people who want to help you and, but you just have to have that surrender and, and, and push through the short, the short term uncomfortableness. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but then it's past you. Right. Mm -hmm. Do I still have a fear of drowning? i don't know right i mean i i don't know but i pushed i pushed through at that point am i afraid of dying no is that the way i'd like to die hell no
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but <yeah. laughs> but i i you know i i i evolved and i grew by going through that experience Right and and like I said, I think it's that's just a great story on a, on a lot of deeper levels too so for many. people that are listening.
0: So many, it's such a great metaphor for life. Mm-hmm. And you and I are truly soul soul siblings because I have the same fear. I never learned swimming. You don't? Oh, know. really? Oh, I didn't grow up with. It grew up the same way, right? Like there was some means to learn to swim swim was more of a swimming was a privilege mm-hmm. so to date, i don't know how to swim i can float but i need my feet near the ground
1: <laughs> well yeah and that's that's what's funny right is it's is it's like because um, because i remember uh when i was i had to do a little little bit of swim lesson kind of stuff when i was doing the boy scout stuff Right. And and it was the same thing. It's like swimming in the four foot section of the pool, loved it. Because I could stand up whenever I wanted to. Right. right. So exactly. so I I always knew that there was a safety net there. Right. But you get over into the eight foot piece. Hey, I'm only five nine. Right. So if I'm at the bottom, I know there's like two and a half feet of water over my head. Right. So there's not as much comfort there. But I remember somebody telling me it's like it doesn't matter whether it's nine feet or 900 feet it's like you're still at the top you're floating you're swimming you're doing it doesn't matter what's what's down below right but again we kind of go back to that safety the safety net or feeling of well okay i'm going to swim here in the four foot part i'm going to swim here because i can stand up whenever i want to but if we only swim in the four foot part of the pool what are we missing out in the ocean or in the rivers or in the other part of it where again as long as you're swimming it doesn't matter exactly what's below
0: yeah it's such a beautiful metaphor and it's it's amazing because i was at the edge of my seat. i'm like what's gonna happen now (laughs) will you make it well
1: i'm i must have made it because i'm alive now right
0: (laughs) but it is it's a beautiful metaphor and a lot of times i look back on the tough parts of my life it feels like there was no other option but to keep swimming Mm -hmm. even though people would say wow that's so courageous like i'm telling you but you're like i had no other option i had to keep swimming
1: well uh-huh. and you're and you're not thinking you're not thinking about it either, right? It's like it's like that that first story I told you about swimming across the river. Right. And again, I mean it's a it's a pretty fast moving river. So you hop in and you don't end up straight across, right? Because the river's pulling you down the whole time that you're that you're going. And I I don't really remember the last half or how I got over. Like I told you, I went down twice. And I thought, oh, shit, if I go down again, I am dead. And I don't know what kicked in. I don't even really remember the last half of that swim, but somehow I made it to the edge. And like you said, you know, in the hard times of our life, sometimes we don't even know. We just kind of go into autopilot. Things that we had learned before just kind of kick in and 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 maybe a lot of that too is some of the surrender right and and when we do everything we can others are helping to get us across and that's why sometimes we don't remember but when we need help the most it's always there
0: yeah like your friend leading you to the scuba diving experience Mm -hmm. yep just where you open your eyes I'd rather have that experience than down the river <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah somebody is there okay I'm just gonna follow <laughs>
1: <laughs> well yeah because it's you know again you get to the other side and it's like I mean I was I was 13 years old I think oh. you know I mean I everybody else jumped in so yeah here I go right now on the way back because there was a cable car kind of thing but it was on the other side of the river. So we knew we had to swim either over or back or if it had been on our side i guess we could have taken the cable thing both ways but um yeah
0: wow what an amazing story I feel
1: like yeah, this- and on that same trip i almost drowned two or three other times
0: Yeah,
1: no we had a we had a because i told you we were whitewater canoeing yeah and this wasn't kayaking Right. It was open canoeing like you would think about on, on a river so water can come in and yeah, one of the rapids We went down. I remember the guide kind of stopped us before we went down the rapids and he cuz he, he would stop in the calm water And then he would kind of show us the rapids and he's like you don't notice it. But right over here There's this hole. It's, it was like a spinning kind of like um, tidal wave thing." He's like Don't go there, right? that's a very dangerous part to be go over here and so okay got it right and then we start going down and and me and the guy that are in the canoe something happened and all of a sudden the canoe turned and we went right into that thing flew out uh got pinned up against a rock and literally if the canoe had not had been turned sideways the canoe would have wrapped around me and smashed and killed me against that rock so yeah there were several i didn't tell my parents <laughs> <laughs> like, that, wow
0: look at that i mean i guess they had different standards back then compared to now like if you're gonna let kids be on a white I, th-
1: I, I think we had life vests on but i mean they, yeah So anyway, I I went down that rapid, not in my canoe. That was an
0: experience. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's amazing. Wow. Hmm. You you have many stories. I have a feeling you have many stories (laughs) like
1: this. Yeah, there's (laughs) a lot in there.
0: I'm curious, like how have all those experiences shaped where you are today?
1: Well, it's made me the person that I am, right? I mean, I've I've um I like to think that I'm a very relatable person. Because I see people for who they are and I have experienced a lot of things in my life. Mm. Right? I mean, again, I I told you at the beginning I'm an international man of mystery, but as as we talk you know even though we've known each other for years in in the subsequent continuing years and decades that we're friends you're going to learn a lot more things about me that you never would have even expected and so most things that people struggle with death divorce bankruptcy financial issues uh suicide um children issues uh and, and the list can go on and on and, on and on and on and on right losing getting fired you know all kinds of stuff I have experienced all of those things so I've I've gone through a lot in my short life of what other people go through so I I have empathy for other people, because I've gone through it. I know what it feels like. I know how it feels, right? Um, I've accomplished a lot. I've I've done a lot. I've had literally... I mean, I, I started working when I was eight years old. And again, this was a different time. But yeah, I started working on all of the school holidays when I was eight years old. And so I've been... I've done all kinds of jobs as well construction cleaning toilets realtor uh i've done all kinds of stuff over time plus all my my whole professional career and so i can relate to a lot of different people because i've done a lot of different things and i've worked with a lot of different kinds of people my whole life and 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 that's socioeconomic it's you know intellectual it's uh you know career wise it's it's society it's culture it's religious i mean every different thing with me traveling the world so much and and knowing so many different people i mean every week i'm still talking to people literally all over the world and so um you know having all of those experiences i think helps it so that i can relate yeah more to people because i've experienced it i've gone through it i know somebody else like you or i've been like you you know um and i i think it's it's helped me to be a lot more compassionate and humble because you know there's a little saying but for the grace of god so go i sort of a thing right of of You know, I I don't, I never want to judge other people. I still do. I'm still human. Sometimes I do. But I I like to think that a lot of the experiences that I've gone through and who I become allows me to love and show compassion and mercy and understanding for other people. While at the same time calling people out on their shit if they need to be called out on it. Mm -hmm. Right? Because even though you you love someone, you've got to be kind with them. You can't just always be nice to them. Because sometimes being nice hurts people, and being kind is what really helps them. So did that make any sense?
0: What do you mean (laughs) yeah? It, it makes it makes a lot of sense it's like you and i've known you so i can i I'm, your heart is so big i've shared that with you before too like it's such a big heart and it's always it's always beautiful to be in your presence so jason how can people work with you
1: all they have to do is reach out Reach out, out yeah. Well, the the easiest ways to reach me, I mean, again, is um, I've got a website, jasonmefford.com. So you can go out there, that's my personal website. It's got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of podcasts and videos and blogs, and you name it, it's out there pretty much the last 10 or 15 years of my life. You can reach me on social media as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't know if. If I can help people, I like to help people, right and so um I don't know that's how they can get a hold of me and then of course, depending on what people people need, we can see if i can if I can help them or not um it's like I said, I'm an international man of mystery. I can't tell you everything that I can do, but you tell me what you need <laughs> and and I then, I, and, then I, and then I know whether I can help you or not, right.
0: And I can totally vouch for that.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you.
0: I come to you a lot. I'm like, Jason, <laughs> tell me where can I do this? How can I get a hold of this? And you're always like, you always have an answer.
1: Well, I'm, I'm one of those guys that, um, yeah, if you're playing a trivia game, you probably want me on your team because I just, I remember things. I'm a voracious reader and learner that way. And I just remem- remember random shit too. So it's like, yeah, you got a question to ask me, I might know. not i might know where to go so
0: (laughs) i love it i love it i'm glad you're on my team
1: well i'm glad you're on my team too because i really appreciate you
0: wow jason it's such a pleasure it's this is such a beautiful beautiful conversation thank you so much for your time your energy your wisdom
1: it has been my pleasure to be with you my friend
0: Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Create Your Vibrant Life podcast today. If you have gotten value from today's episode, I invite you to share it with your friends and colleagues. If you would like to further connect, you may follow me on Instagram at Padma Ali and LinkedIn. Of course, you may also visit me at PadmaAli.com to get more information on how we can work together. Thank you so much for being here.